All right, we're going to have a chat here that I think is kind of interesting. Whenever we talk about this COVID deal, um, the big thing for me is, okay, there's been some big mistakes made. There's been some things that we could have done much, much better. And and everybody says it's not a matter of um, if, but when. We have to deal with something like this again, may not be in our lifetimes, but let's learn from it. Let's have some better understanding of the things that didn't go well so we don't repeat the same mistakes because as we all know, it's been hell for all of us. Now, one of the interesting things here is the fact that we got vaccines much quicker than uh, we've ever got vaccines before. Um, and uh, now there's discussion about how we handled the development. And, um, you know, you take a look at half the population of the world is vaccinated and the other half, some countries down around three, four or five percent. And it could take months and months, if not years to get them fully vaccinated. It's a distribution situation. There's all kinds of things that go into it. So let's talk about Moderna specifically and the fact that they're not sharing the rights to their COVID-19 vaccine with the government that paid for its development. They're being very protective of it. We're going to chat with Anna Santos Rutschman, who is an assistant professor of law at St. Louis University. Anna, thank you for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's just start with Moderna's journey to this COVID vaccine, because actually it goes back, well, a few years anyway, right? They've been working on something in this vein, now, obviously not for this specific virus, um, but this goes back a ways. Right. It goes back actually, you know, well over a decade. Um, the interesting thing about Moderna is that Moderna pretty much did not exist as a powerhouse company until COVID. They had never brought a single product to, to market, but they were doing really interesting work, you know, on this technology, mRNA technology, which is good for vaccines, but also for a number of other things. And the U.S. government had been supporting them along the way after the previous pandemic in 2009, the swine flu pandemic. So the U.S. Right. government had to invest uh, you know, money in this technology. And that's how they came to work with Moderna. And then COVID-19 happened. We all had a sense that Moderna was going to bring products to market, you know, within a few years, perhaps, but not this quickly. They were not scheduled to do that. So the pandemic really was the catalyst for this government-Moderna collaboration to actually, you know, bear its first fruits. So let's talk about that collaboration, because the government was heavily involved in Moderna's work, both financially and, you know, in terms of their labor force as well, right? Absolutely. And this is not uncommon, so this is not the first time it happens, and the U.S. is not even the only place where this happens. The public sector, the government, as a rule of thumb, can do early-stage research, and, you know, Canada and the U.S., they, the public sector, the government does that all the time, and then at some point, they just need somebody to partner with uh, with them. So this is the mode for vaccine development in pretty much, you know, everywhere in the world. What happened here is that the government was especially involved uh, in Moderna's project because this is new technology, as we know. Uh, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines rely on, on new vaccine technology. So the government strategically was working on, on this. Um, and they had some of their leading scientists collaborate extensively with Moderna, which is why a lot of the patents that are attaching to these vaccines name government scientists as co-inventors of that particular portion of the technology. Now, you mentioned patents, plural. There's a bunch that are attached to this vaccine, right? I mean, that's sort of the situation that we're in now. They've got a bunch of different patents on different parts of the vaccine. Right. And, and again, that's not uncommon. So some vaccines these days are covered by dozens of patents. That's just how it works, because Think of a vaccine as an amalgamation of technologies. So you have the delivery mechanism, you have methods to create things that go into the vaccine. 
you have adjuvants, things that make the vaccine work better, for instance, you have stabilizers, and then you have the actual thing that's designed to trick your body into thinking it's being attacked and, you know, trigger that protective response. So all of these things can and are often covered by patents. The one that's triggering the current dispute is one of the most important ones. So this thing that makes the vaccine work the way it's supposed to, but everything else is actually patentable uh, if meeting certain criteria. Now, the the battle that you talk about is basically the government saying we want access to um, basically make this more widespread, right? They want an opportunity to produce this it, or have other companies produce this and Moderna is digging in their heels and saying, no, do I have that right? Yeah, it, it is uh, very much along those lines. So the, the dispute is about the patent that actually covers um, what you and I have been thinking of as the mRNA technology um, per se, so the, the thing that makes the vaccine work um, as it, uh, it is working. So essentially, I may be able to shift a few of the other things if I want to make a replica of the vaccine, but that's what I need for, you know, for me to have the vaccine that Moderna makes and replicate it. And this is the one where the company where Moderna did not name the government as a co-inventor, meaning they get to control the intellectual property over that license. And what that means is that they decide if they license out the vaccine or if they keep it for themselves. They decide who they license it to, who they sell it to. That's the owner. That's pretty much like you and me owning a house. We can decide who to rent it to or not to rent it at all. So by not naming the government, they get that type of control over the ultimate product, the vaccine. Seems completely upside down to me if the government and ultimately the taxpayer so heavily involved and invested in the creation of this kind of thing. It just seems obvious that they should be um, eligible to some form of control around it at the end as just as much as Moderna, right? Well, there are two things going on. The first one is that if you just pour money into something, you don't necessarily control it from a patent perspective because you might not be an inventor, but contractually speaking, when you fund something, you should have put something in the contract saying, you know, we want to have a saying in distribution, allocation, and exporting the vaccine to the places where the pandemic is yeah. uh, taking its heavy toll. So we've had that type of failure, not just with the Moderna vaccine, but with most vaccines and frankly, most drugs out there. And then there's the intellectual property question, which is detached, completely separate from this one, irrespective of what these contracts might say. If you have at least three, as is the case, um, scientists contributing to invent the vaccine, are there any rights that attach to that? And these three scientists have been heavily involved. They have um, chosen not to comment on on the dispute, but they've been named in other patents. And there were statements from the government, the U.S. government earlier on, and even now, saying they have contributed enough to be named inventors. And though, if that's the case, then on top of the contract that we did not get right, we have this type of ownership problem, which translates into the government being able to do something without modernist consent. So that's what's at stake right now. Um, so, I mean, obviously, it's tricky because it, the simple solution would seem to be, okay, if government's going to get involved, you know, offering labor and money to the tune of billions of dollars, they need to put some strings to it. But then imagine the companies involved would say, well, then we're not interested, right? So, I mean, it's a fine line to make sure that the government doesn't just hand it all over completely to these companies. What's the solution here? Well, it is, as you, as you pointed out, a very fine line because we need companies and, you know, if not Moderna, then somebody else needs to actually have a stake in it and say, next time around, we'll come to the table and play ball when we need, when you need us to, to be also doing our share of the, 
of the work. On the other hand, just remember that Moderna did not really exist as a powerhouse company before all of this, and there's multiple other companies that uh, are able to, to produce vaccines for the next pandemic. So I think it's about striking this balance, and we're, of course, not... Uh, going to pursue that line of discourse that says everything can be done without pharmaceutical companies. That's not true, and the yeah. government has never behaved in that way. But also there have to be some strings attached. I think we this is a, a call to action, I think. Look at those contracts more closely, and there's several institutions and people doing that. See what the government could be asking of, and in some cases what the law says you should be asking for, and they're not. And that's one lesson. And the other one is we need to scrutinize these collaborations and when there's inventorship from the public sector from the government we need to make sure that the government is leveraging uh, that instead of being just you know set aside yeah or at least seen as an equal partner i mean yeah it seems to make good sense to me and i appreciate the discussion today thank you very much Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. That is Anna Santos Rutschman, who is an assistant professor of law at St. Louis University. She studies um, pharmaceutical patents and uh, is a wealth of knowledge on this information. And it really is kind of interesting because I think, you know, it, it sounds simple to say, well, the government should just say, we'll give you this money and we'll allow you to work with our expertise, but we get control of the thing at the end. Well, no pharmaceutical company in the world is going to say, yeah, okay, that works for us. No, they want to have control because there's a tremendous amount of money wrapped up in this. Um, so there's got to be a balance somewhere where Moderna can't benefit from all of the government money and the government expertise. And that, like I said, this goes back years and years and years they've been working on this. Um, you know, side by side with U.S. government scientists and with U.S. government money. And now that the product comes out, um, they're sort of holding it back and they're in total control of it.